so uh, I think I was texting you about this uh, like a month or two ago, but there was a Humble Bundle recently for... Um, yeah, you did show me this. For uh, the board game and RPG company Modifius has the license to the Star Trek RPG right now. And so they have this, they, there was a big bundle where you could get like a ton of stuff for like really cheap. And even though I don't play this game, I don't really have anyone who I would play it with. I'm like, oh, it just sounds, it just, I don't know. It's, it's like pretty cheap. Uh, part of the thing goes to charity. And I just like reading about RPG systems. I think that's really interesting. And I like Star Trek. So I was like, well, I'll pay this and grab all of these PDFs of this stuff. And something that I didn't realize until after I got the PDFs, I didn't even look at what was in them. I was just like, oh, there's just like a ton of stuff. Like, I'll just grab them. Yeah. And what, one of the things that is in there is for, at least for the first four live action shows, I don't think for Enterprise or the other shows yet, but for the four, four live action shows, they actually have character supplements. So basically, like... Oh, so like if you wanted to like build that specific character in this system... Yeah, this is like what their stats are and what their build is and stuff. So if you wanted to run into these people. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know what I think would be fun is if for the next while on the show, maybe not even every time, but like if we feel like it's it's interesting, like we should go and look at if there's an episode about a specific character. Okay. We should go look up See that what character their stats are. and what the stats are in the game. That's fun. Yeah. And um, and this episode isn't actually really a Tasha Yar episode. Um, it, 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 I mean, the only reason this episode exists is because of Tasha Yar, though, so... Yes, but then also still somehow she's like probably she's like the third it. most important character in it, yeah. Sure. Um, but also, there just aren't going to be that many op- uh, opportunities to do Tasha Yar, and she is in this book. Um, Interesting, she, okay. So... so here I'm gonna I'm gonna say and I might before the next time we do this I might read more of like the core rule book and stuff to see like kind of some what some of those stuff what means. These but mean. I also yeah. but I also might not and who cares? <laughs> I mean, if we ever live in the same place, I would absolutely play yes a yes. Star Trek RPG with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean for sure for sure. Yeah, this is one of, one of those things where I'm like maybe I can trick my kids into doing this someday. Although they're watching <laughs> um, they're watching Prodigy with me and. One of my kids likes it a lot, and the other one is not super into it. But yeah, so I'm gonna just kind of go through some of her stuff, and then I also kind of did like a quick little like scan of some of the other characters just to kind of get like a context for some of the stuff. Sure. So there's not really any description of these characters, like and there's no like lore description. So oh, she's, interesting. It's just like a yeah. So she's listed as like chief of security, and then she has values, attributes, disciplines, focuses, talents. Uh, attacks and equipment and then she's got like some other like, little stat things but um which is like i was trying to like kind of suss this out because i've played like i've played a bit of rpgs it, so there's attributes which kind of seem like basically your your stats um mm-hmm. okay, in most so, like, other things strength dexterity constitution yeah stuff. that's not what they are in this game but but that's like yeah that's and then and then there's disciplines which i think that's a kind of its own thing where it's like it's not actually like skills it's like it's like you would you would check their skills and their stats but then you would also check to see if they were doing a job that was like in this discipline basically okay so like um, a proficiency type thing almost or yeah yeah and then yeah and then focuses and talents those kind of, focuses seem like like skills and then and then talents seem like individual like abilities like like spells or things like that okay um, yeah 
and then and so then they have values too, which are like kind of like their like how that character is supposed to act. So more like a like role playing guiding thing. Yeah, and I, I don't really know exactly like it, it's interesting because I, I was looking at so Yara's values. She has four values. She has duty unto death. Everyone has a right to freedom. Okay, sure. My my crew is my family. Okay. And vigorous training regime. Which I don't think that regime is the right word. I think there should be regiment, not regime. Yeah, <laughs> I think like that's the wrong. Saddam Hussein sure. ran a vigorous training regime. Uh, but um, but okay. and so I was like, well, well it's, but it's funny though because like this makes me kind of curious about this game because I'm like, is that just supposed to be up to the GM to determine what those things mean? Because at first when I was looking at hers, I was like, okay, well maybe these are all things like that are in the core book, like the table, where it's like, okay, these are like some motivations and you can read about what they mean. But then I was looking at some of the other people's, and there's no like overlap or anything. Well, no, well, so like wharfs are. Always the outsider. Okay, a warrior's rage. All right, proud and honorable Klingon warrior. It's like okay, well, I mean, like maybe you know, maybe that's like one that's one. And then the last one, and the last one is legacy of the House of Moog. And so I was like, well, that's that's definitely not like a thing that's described somewhere in the book. There's not like a, yes, that's if one your character like the has common. the legacy of the House of Moog trait, then it's like yeah, you you are only Worf or. Uh, what whatever the His other guy's brother. name is, yeah. yeah. But even that, like, that doesn't even work for him because he gets basically like lobotomized in in DS Nine and doesn't remember that he's part of the House of Moog by the end of it. Um, so it's just Worf basically who that can apply <laughs> to, um, or Alexander, I guess, um, too. But right. uh, so yeah, I don't know what you guys have to like determine like what those mean to you yeah. if you're running a game. My guess would be it was it's like just like a thing to get as for like the player to just kind of like guide their. Yeah, like role playing decisions and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But. So then, this is I think what I found the most. So then, her focuses are uh, she's got Aikido, combat tactics, hand phasers, shipboard tactical systems, small craft, and survival. And her talents are bold, follow my lead, which basically you can like get someone to help you do something. Pack tactics, which lets you help other people during combat, and then quick to action. And then her and her attack, she can do an arm, an arm strike or a phaser, which is, you know, obviously that's just kind of very basic. So then her attributes, which is like her, her stats again, like, so I, I was kind of looking at the other characters, and it seems like all the other characters kind of range, like the lowest you could possibly have uh, is a 7, and the highest you could possibly have is a 12. You know, and I don't know how much that applies to the player characters, but at least that's the case okay. with these. So, um... She has a 9 Control, a 10 Fitness, a 9 Presence, a 10 Daring, a 9 Insight, and a 9 Reason. So she's pretty average across the board. I was about to say, that sounds, yeah, like very average. Yeah. And so it seems like uh, she kind of, like I'm looking, uh, because she's right next to Worf, and there's, I can see Worf's Worf's stuff, and Worf is a little bit more... um, Min-maxed, where like Worf's got like an yeah. eleven and a twelve, but he's also got like a seven and two eights and stuff. So she's just kind of she's like pretty basic. And then the disciplines, which are kind of like the specializations, those are the same as what the the six classifications are in Star Trek timelines. So there's command, security, science. I guess one of them is con. Uh, so instead of diplomacy, they have con, uh, engineering, and medicine. And those can be, you can be from one to five on those. So one is not very good and five is good. So she's got a four command, a five security, which I mean, like, sure. You, you know, I would hope so. I would hope so, yeah. To, yeah. Um, a one science, three con, two engineering, and one medicine. So she is, she, so she's got a very, like, kind of 
particular set of like skills. Tactical officer, yeah. Yeah, that she can do okay. So that's that's Tasha Yar. Um, yeah, so that's a new that's a new segment we're gonna do on the show. Let's come up with a right. with a with a name for it. Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, a show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Skin of Evil, which is uh, season one, episode twenty-three of. Star Trek The Next Generation. This episode is written by Joseph Stefano and Hannah Louise Shearer, and it was re- directed by Joseph L. Scanlon. And the, uh, the Memory Alpha description is, a rescue operation to save the lives of a shuttle crew becomes complicated thanks to a malevolent entity, and one Enterprise D crew member pays the ultimate price in their rescue. <laughs> that sounds like, that reminds me of the, uh, the Arrested Development thing <laughs> one of these people will die one of these people will die <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i was talking to kim about this this episode and i was saying that you know star trek has a rich history of like high concepts either like using science fiction as like metaphor to describe like kind of ongoing like, issues or problems in the world or just like also just like kind of come with a really good like solid high concept science fiction stories where it's like, oh, what if, what if like Amelia Earhart was abducted by aliens or what, things like that. And then this episode has like the immortal science fiction high concept of what if there was an alien who was just really mean? Yep. <laughs> uh, like and that was, uh, that was yep. all they came up with was just, what if we, there was a mean one and he's just thing was, he was mean. He's just, he's just a jerk. Yeah. Um, you texted me uh, yesterday and said, how did Star Trek The Next Generation get more than one season? Which I think is a fair question after watching yeah. this episode. Um, this episode is, stinks to high heaven. This episode is so bad. It's so bad. Like, I this, think it's worse than the other season one episode that we saw um, recently. The, the Justice, Justice episode. Yeah, I think this, well, this has got to be worse. Stuff happens in that episode. Like, this, this yeah, episode. Also, there is a set. Yeah, this That's, episode is boring. is is like bad, but also it's so boring. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's a set. It's like I do think that the goop alien kind of looks cool. Although I think I partially think that because my wife got me Blu-rays of this show for Christmas, and so this is the first one I watched on Blu-ray was this episode, and so you could really see how slimy the goop alien was. Yeah. Know? But so, like, so I did a lot. I actually, again, listeners to our podcast may know by this point that generally the extent of the research that we do is reading the memory alpha article which I, I read through a good bit of this one but so apparently the the goop that they used for like the alien and for like the scenes where Riker gets sucked into it it's a mixture of metamucil and printer's ink it looked really nasty it looked, which is, it looked, yeah it looked like not fun to be yeah in. apparently Jonathan Frake said afterwards that he like like he did like the bit where he gets like sucked in yeah to it himself and like afterwards like really wished he had had a stunt double do it because it was he was it was just like so miserable and gross yeah i will see how so I, I think that's that that is literally i think probably the only well with way one or two other exceptions like that that is like the only positive thing i have to say about this episode is that like the alien that is at the center of it like does does actually look like pretty gross and like it's like a cool yeah. effect. like um yeah i guess overall i would say like 
I promise this will come back around. But over the holidays, I was visiting my family. We went to see the new Spider-Man movie, which was actually like it's. So I haven't seen. There's a lot of the Marvel movies I haven't seen. Like this is the first of the new Spider-Man movies that I've seen, and I feel like I had a similar effect that I did with this, where like I spent the first two acts of that movie being like, this is just kind of like boring and a little dumb. And then, like, there was... I enjoyed some aspects of the third act, like, the chemistry between the characters, mostly. And, like, I f- it, like, retroactively made me remember the whole thing more fondly than I did at the time. And I yeah. feel like this was a similar thing, where, like, the first, like, four-fifths of this episode was possibly, like the worst television that has ever been broadcast. <laughs> it's it's up there. Like it's it's so for so Again, and, many and reasons is so talking, bad. I think we have to do we have to make this distinction sometimes when we talk about the show. We're talking about on a pure like qualitative like production level. Yes, not because so there because are like, some there are some that episodes like the one we watched last time that are like problematically bad. Yeah. And this is not that at all. This is just no. like not good television in like it yeah, does not like, do any of the things that television is supposed to do in terms of like looking like anything, being entertaining, yeah, being interesting, none of it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's and, really and like rough. we've because in all fairness, for all the times that we've like given Enterprise a hard time about their like budget and production value, like this entire episode is so clearly shot on just like a soundstage with an orange wall and a couple of rocks. And, yeah, like, it, like there's not, like, a matte painting or, like, a background of anything. It's so obviously, like, just, like, a wall that's painted that has, like, an orange light yeah. shown on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so bad. But then, and then, like, like, the ending, the point where Picard shows up, he, like, does his best to sort of, like, redeem this episode. And then I felt like the, the funeral scene at the very end was actually also, like, quite well done. Oh, I don't agree with you, but that's really? that's okay. We, we'll get we'll, 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 get, get, to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think this. I think the setting is what gets me there too. But <laughs> okay, maybe. I feel like those couple of things made me be like, well, it like wasn't that bad when like before that it really was so terrible. Um, but yeah, I guess to get into it, it starts out that um, Deanna Troy is coming back to the ship on a shuttlecraft from some conference she was at. And the shuttlecraft, like, tr- crashes on this planet, and there's some interference, so they can't just, like, transport her up, so they have to send an away team down to get her. And so they send down an away team, and they encounter this, like, black slime that sort of, again, like, it also, everything just is so drawn out. Like, there's a whole like, at least two minute sequence at the very beginning that's just, like, some engineer realigning the like dilithium crystals in the warp core yeah just like to complete silence like takes these like rocks out and then like puts them back in yeah all of season one is like that like they they haven't figured out like how to cut around that stuff yeah and so there's a lot of just like they kind of walk to one end of the set and this like black slime like moves in front of them and then they turn around and walk back to the other end of the soundstage and it like moves in front of them over there and they're just like well this is a problem I also wrote down, just going back to the engineer, I wrote down, like, this this episode seems like a test case for, 
like it feels like they realized partway through this season that like oh we made a mistake by not making one of the main cast members the engineer yeah because like they're just like talking to like this guy a random guy and so it's like oh yeah this seems like a test case for like why they move jordy yeah they were just like should this guy be the chief engineer yeah, and they end up, you know, for, like, I think, what, seasons, like, two and three and four, maybe? Like, then, then like, Wesley is the is the helmsman, is you helm, know? yeah. But ultimately, you don't need a helmsman as much as you need an engineer on a Star Trek show, I don't think. Yeah, no, you definitely need someone, like, down there to save. Yeah, it's weird, too, because obviously, like, then you also, this is the episode where Yar dies. And it's, like, funny to think about, like... You think about any other Star Trek show and you compare it to this show and it's like, what were they doing with, like, who are the main cast members in the first season? It's like, okay, doctor, first officer, science officer slash con guy, captain. Okay, fine, fine. Helmsman, sure, whatever. And then, like, security person, okay. And then... and then Other security person? Then you have, like, ship's counselor, other security person, and little boy. And child. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, I feel like there's probably some efficiencies here that could yeah. be. It's it makes sense. Like like you know, for all like, for everything you want to say about this episode, it's like, you don't need to have Yar and Worf on the same show if they're doing the same job. Yeah. And like, and even like, kind of providing the same like character. Yes. As yes. well, like they're both just like good at fighting like tough aren't really good around social situations yeah Yeah. and yeah and that goes into a little bit of we'll i'll I'll speed through the plot and then get to the yeah the tasha yar of it all which i think is going to be more what we have to talk about of this i also wrote down just because we're at the beginning of this episode i wrote down the music is really weird in this episode i don't know if it is yeah is the whole first season like that or is it just i don't think so because it's really like it's very I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> I wrote down uh, wind chime synths is what I wrote down. That's yeah. What like to me. There's like, a lot of synth and like, it, it sounds like a completely different TV show. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. It's, it almost like felt like it could be good music in another thing that wasn't this maybe like, like, cause it's, it's very, yeah, it's very it odd. Like, out of place in yeah. like what you're used to from Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And so basically it turns out that like, there's this, alien monster on this planet named Armis who is basically like just being a jerk because he wants to and so he's like not letting them get to their shuttlecraft and then just because like he wants to see it make them feel bad and then he just kills Yar because he wants to so this is this will be something maybe controversial I actually do kind of like the way that this happens, which I know a lot of people hate, and I get why. Like, if you if you are invested in Yar, I'm not. But, like, if you are, it feels like kind of a crappy way to get rid of her. But at the same time, I think about this contextually. Having him kill her, like, right away, kind of, like, without ceremony, and then, like, for that scene uh, afterwards where Crusher is trying to revive her and then she can't and she's just dead it's like that's actually like kind of a ballsy like choice i think to like because like yeah you know I, it's definitely unexpected i feel like if you yeah don't know that- yeah it's like it, it's one of the things where it's like i bet you that would have been like kind of crazy to watch if you were watching it live because it's like it really is like it's even treated like it's this thing of like 
you know, oh, someone's dead, and they bring up, they figure out how to bring them. Yeah, back to like life. she's gonna so come like, back, right? Yeah, yeah. and then it, it, even like it, it seems like Picard, like that's the reaction that Picard has because when she's like she's dead, and then Picard like turns around, and he's like, "What?" Like, it's wait a like second, was, like, I think we're gonna do some science to her or yeah. something. Yeah, she's, and, like, she's in the credits for. Yeah, I think that there is something like kind of almost like like ahead of its time about like dispatching someone like a main cast member in like kind of like this really abrupt surprising yeah. way like that um and so i actually do kind of like that like it, it, in as much as you know i get why people don't think that that was good and i get why like they try to give her a better send-off later which ends up turning into a worse send-off in my opinion but like i get it but like i'm like there's something like weirdly effective about it i think um personally yeah and i think yeah it definitely sort of like makes you uncomfortable i think in like the right way that it's just like, well, this is not how I've been like trained that television is supposed to go. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like challenging and and interesting because of that. Um, and then there's much more episode just of like Armis being a jerk and then being like, why are you a jerk? And he'll occasionally sort of like move over to the shuttlecraft to t- like get a therapy session from Troy. Yeah. Who like tries to dig into like why are you like this? And it turns out that there was some other alien race on this planet and they decided that to make themselves better, they would like remove all like evil and badness from them and like make it a thing that was harmless yeah. and then they like left that on this planet and then went off to like be good and beautiful somewhere. So this is marginally more interesting than, like, what if there was just an alien who was mean? But, like, this also made me mad because I was like, I feel like you could do a good episode about that idea, and they just don't. They're just like, Yeah, do kind of a, like, mean. portrait like, of Dorian Gray type of type of thing. There is, there's an episode of Rick and Morty that's basically the same idea, where, like, basically like, they go into this, this, like, spa that's supposed to, like, detoxify them. But, like, it takes out all their toxins, but, like, it also takes out, like, their toxic personality hmm. traits. But then it turns out, that, like, those just aren't, like, go away. Like, th- those end up having their own sentience, and they're, like, locked away in, like, this, like, toxic dimension, basically, where, like, everything okay. is just toxins. Like, people are just, like, terrible. And then, like, they escape the toxic dimension and go try to, like, take over Earth. But it's really interesting also because, like, it ends up being about, like, toxic behavior, but not just, like... It's about, like, what do you think is toxic about yourself? And so, like, hmm. because, like, the things that were removed from them aren't necessarily, like, the things that are actually... It's, like, what they think are weaknesses in themselves. So, like, Rick, who is, like, really mean, like, he's he's a lot nicer, but he also doesn't really care what happens to Morty anymore, because Morty is his grandson, and, because, like, he views caring about somebody else as as a weakness. And so even though his... Uh, toxic self is really mean he also still cares what happens to Morty which they use to their advantage later on and like the same thing is true of Morty where like Morty is a lot more confident because he has like removed his like lack of confidence but he also has kind of like removed like some of his like moral compass as well because like because like that's that that's what he felt like was impeding like his like self-actualization you know and so like there's there i think there's really fertile ground actually to mine from this if you get clever about it but like they're just like no he's just mean now there's just mean he's a mean puddle and he stays here in the sand and then that's yeah you know yeah but essentially they figure out that like whenever he is 
having these feelings about himself, he becomes weaker. And so they think like, well, that'll be like a gap that we can use to transport our people out. And so then Picard goes down to try to like negotiate with him and kind of gets him to find out these things about himself. And, and then like it works and he gets weak and they transport away and just like fly away and leave him on this planet. And I will say, I think a lot of the performers are really sort of like giving it everything they can in this. Like, I think Marita Sirtis is definitely like doing her best being like, cause she's like trapped in the shuttle, but is still being very like strong and, and reasonable. I think Picard is actually like Patrick Stewart is, is very good. Um, cause he does a lot of like the creatures trying to like negotiate with him. And he's just like, no, like if you don't give us our people, we're just going to leave. Cause there's like no point in, trying to play your, like he just refuses to like play along i think in a good way i'm just like fine i'm just gonna i'm gonna leave um but yeah it's just it's so bad and like the the monster is just so like there's there's literally one dimensional yeah yeah um and again like by design but not in a way that's that's interesting mm-hmm. like there's there's a scene that's just so terrible because he's they're like asking you know like can we go over and see our people and he's like I think it's when I think it's when Crusher is there, and Crusher is like, "I need to like go to the shuttle and help Deanna Troy," and he's like, "Say please," and she's like, "Fine, please let me go over to the shuttle." And he's like, "Okay," and then she starts to walk, and then he's like, "Psych, no, wait, <laughs> yeah. I changed my mind," and like that is not me paraphrasing; like those are like that is the actual line that is written that that, that he says. It's so bad. That's rough. I, I will say there there is a scene in this where I just wrote down that this is this is like an interesting thing where um so there's a scene where they're all meeting after she's died, like they're all up up at the ship. And uh that's when Picard promotes Worf to head Yeah, security. I was gonna say this is also like a really good Worf scene, I thought. Well at Worf Worf um <laughs> it's interesting because at the end of the scene Riker asks Worf if he'll join them on the away team and he says no, yeah. which is like never ever happens. I sort of like very uncharacteristic of Worf to deny the opportunity to fight, but he's actually like actually because we're not trying to fight this thing, we're just trying to get everybody back. Which I think is like actually really good for Worf because like he he recognizes because he's like just been promoted to like right, like he's not just security guy that like his job is to fight things anymore like now he is like he kind of like has this new responsibility for like the well-being of the whole ship and like is able to right like it's it seems like kind of like a a good moment for him to is able to recognize that like this is not a moment where you just like grab your batleth and run in screaming to kill things like where you're actually going to do the most good and like do your duty is is being on the ship and i think that's like a good I think it was probably like too early to really like appreciate at the time, but it is actually like a really good moment for like that's very much like a thing that like a, a more mature wharf would would do. We, 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 it's weird. I think we found more initially thought we were going to, but it but like it does yeah, suck pretty yeah. bad though. Like like for Elvis saying like it's 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 pretty it's so, terrible. yeah. Again, we skimmed over the like yeah the like thirty five minutes of the episode that are just like terrible of like them standing on this like orange soundstage with goop monster so that after they after they leave they we get to like this funeral scene which you which you liked i i i have to confess that i was totally distracted the whole time because it just looks like they are 
in the default Windows Windows XP uh, desktop, <laughs> like desktop? Uh, the, the whole yep. thing. Like, I mean, the, yeah, they absolutely are. And, and it's it's where I'm like, I was talking to Kim about this. I was like, because they're clearly like they're in the holodeck, and, and then like a a hologram, not really a will, but like kind of a holographic. Self, like eulogy, self-eulogy yeah. of Yar. Yeah, I, I did ask that. Of like, is that just a thing in the future that like everyone just kind of like records their own right. self-eulogy, like hologram eulogy yeah. ahead of time? Just but like the crazy thing about it is that like in the holodeck, they're just like on a hit. Like again, they look like they're in the Windows XP background where they're on like a grassy knoll, and then yeah. there's like a with like a very blue sky, blue sky with very white. But clouds. they're clearly not there. Like, like th- that's the thing that like dr- made me crazy. Where I was like, like the actors. Yeah, like they're they're on a blue screen, and I'm like, this is you don't need a blue screen for this. Like, just go outside. Like, go to a field. I mean, I know they're in California. Maybe there's a drought or something. But it's like, yeah, you could go to like where they filmed Justice. Yeah, like I thought that was crazy. Like where I was just like, where I was like, why why are you making this look purposefully artificial? Is nuts to me. Um, that's true because we've like previously established that the holodeck is like perfectly realistic right, yeah. right like the big goodbye was not done on blue screen it was just done on like on sets yeah or yeah like even like you think about the pilot where like like they're in like the woods you know and it's like yeah they're in the woods yeah. i think they're anyway i've been watching the pilot but i'm pretty sure that's where they are. they they go to a woods yeah. if they don't go to a woods they go to a place that's more disguised to be real than this place is um, yeah but yeah, and but basically, I think the it, it kind of lets them give a little, and I I don't know how close to the end of the I imagine this is very close to the end of the season, and really felt like it should be a season finale. I think it wasn't, but it felt like it should be, because it ends with Tasha Yar kind of like saying her goodbyes individually to each of the characters and kind of saying like something nice about them and like sort of summing up their character and and I think it was just kind of a nice thing that they did mostly like for the cast and for Denise Crosby but really it felt like like you feel like you could have like ended a season on that right of just kind of like wrapped it all up and like this is sort of like where all these people are and like where they're going now it's um, the fourth to last episode of the season um okay the, even that though like it was kind of weird because I was like the people at the funeral it, it, it was it was such a writery thing where it was like these are the people who have come to her funeral. All, all the people who are closest to her. They all happen to be part of the main cast. And, and also, like, one of them is, like, a child who joined... Yeah, and Wesley. A child who, who joined the ship. Like, he's he's new on the ship, I think, at the, in the pilot, isn't he? So it's like... Yeah. He's known him he's for, like, a few weeks. Like, he's known him for, yeah. like, less than a year. That, that was also just... It just was like, this is not a real... The people who came to the thing and, like, the... And like the setting, I mean, it was maybe just like, maybe Beverly like couldn't get childcare that day or something, and so right. like Wesley just had to come along. I mean, but yeah, it's not like because yeah, like you think of like Spock's funeral in the Wrath of Khan is like the whole ship kind of like in yeah. the shuttle bay or whatever, um, right? And yeah, and this is just like this little scene with our seven credited cast members. Honestly, I actually think this is another a thing, a thing where it's like, this, I think, does a little bit more of a disservice to Yar than her death does even, because, like, then the way that her little eulogy thing works is that, like, it's just her talking about how great everybody else in the cast is. You know, like... Yeah, I guess that's true, is it's not, like, people saying, like, nice things about I mean, Picard about does at the end, too, but, like, I don't know. It just was, like... It just... It, it's so, like, yeah. chintzy, like, and... 
I don't know. I, I d- did not care for it, but it it is funny. You know, you're, you're saying that like this is not the finale, but it feels like it could be or should be. But like, I think even though like there are some episodes before before Seen of Evil that are like kind of fun, I really don't think there's like anything that's like actually good good up until like pretty quick after this. Um, so you know, I think season two has also got some rough patches for sure. But like. The episode yeah. after Skin of Evil is We'll Always Have Paris, which is like a time travel episode, which I don't really remember that one very much, so I couldn't really tell you how that one is. But then the one after that one is Conspiracy, which that episode rules. Um, okay, yeah. The one with like the, the bugs that eat people? or Yeah, and then and then the episode after that is The Neutral Zone, which is... Um, uh, okay, the, that's right. That's the, that's the finale, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and... Because it ends with just like the Romulans are, the Romulans back, are back, guys, and then that's that's also was like the the B plot of that one. I think is also really good, which is that they find a bunch of people from the twentieth century who were cryogenically frozen and sent into space, and then like they revive them, and they're all like trying to adjust to like what like all their expectations about like what mm. life was like, it, you know, versus how what it is now. And I remember liking that too. So know, it's just it, it's interesting, like. I, I'm not saying at all that like the reason the reason one of of TNG was so bad because because of Yar because I don't think that's true at all but it, it is just it is interesting that like they they kind of get their act together a little bit finally it feels like yeah. after after that episode um, so yeah you were kind of talking about want to talk about some behind the scenes stuff I don't I don't think we need to talk about the actual episode anymore it's bad yeah that's there's there's nothing else to say about the what happens on screen but but basically so uh, you've seen or. Uh, chaos on the bridge so you may I don't know if they talk about this at all on that either but so apparently this this episode was because Denise Crosby actually asked to be released from the show she's joked before that I think I think that they talk about some chaos on the bridge that she had so little to do that they should just like get a cardboard stand up cut out of her legs and put them like like so that you can see like behind <laughs> that she's standing behind Picard um, like yeah. it went on a close-up of Picard, uh, yeah, yeah. But basically, yeah, that she she didn't like she th- she felt that they just like weren't doing anything good with her character, um, which is f- true. Like that's which is true. I I will say like on the other side of that, like did they really do a good job with like anybody's character right. in the that's, first season? Yeah. other than Picard? that's the other thing I was gonna say is because like I can actually think of a couple of episodes of TNG season one that are maybe not about her, but that like where she does play like a kind of important role. And so it's like, I don't know, like it's a big cast and like nobody was really being that well served. I don't think like, cause like, and maybe, maybe also like she wasn't liking the stuff she was giving to her, which, which I think is fair too. Cause the two things I think about right away. I think it is like perfectly fair. Yeah. Cause the, the two things I thought of immediately were when she has sex with data in, uh, in Naked Now, and then and then when she gets kidnapped by the the uh, really racist aliens, the like not Africans, yeah, in, yeah. in uh, Code of Honor, uh, I think is what the episode's called, uh, and she has to have yeah. like that that like weird cage match at the end, and like neither of those are good, so it's not like oh yeah, like I did love when they had yeah. me have sex with Data though, like you know, like <laughs> um, yeah, so no, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's definitely like a fair thing that's just like yeah it was not a like well-written character and i think it also was frustrating because like on paper seems like it should be an interesting character 
right because like her backstory is that she like came was like this kind of like orphan on this like war-torn planet and like grew up on the streets and then now is in starfleet and is like really good at like fighting and really tough and and you would think that like it's an archetype that you could do a lot with that yeah either just because there's just a too big of a cast and like not enough room to tell good stories or just like they never committed to actually telling a good story with her it's just it is disappointing kind of like how her how her run went yeah Um, it i think there's a related piece of like going on behind the scenes from what i've read anyway too which is that they? I think Roddenberry wanted to drop a cast member, as well. If I'm not mistaken, did you read about this? Oh, really? I didn't. That I didn't pick yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think he. Uh, this is not going to speak well of him, but for what, what I remember reading uh, is that like he wanted to drop one of the women cast members, and I don't, I don't know why it was that way, but but I think it was it ended up being like between Yar and and Troy, and then mm. like. Like, Troy ended up, like, hanging out with Roddenberry, like, socially a little bit. And I think he was like, oh, like, we like you, so we're not going to get rid of you. So, I don't know. Maybe it was it, so business stuff. You never really 100% know exactly how it works. Maybe there's maybe there's a yeah. column A, column B stuff going on there, too. But, uh, yeah. And, and, like, again, like like I said, it's, like, not that they couldn't have given her some other thing to do or given War some other thing to do. Because, like, obviously, Jordy's still on the show and they ended up having him not be the helmsman anymore. But, like, you don't need both of those characters in the way that they are at no, the beginning you of the show. Yeah. And, you know, to be perfectly frank, like like I like Worf better. Like <laughs> I'm glad that Worf stayed on the show. You know, yeah. like uh, and I think that's just I, I do think that is a more interesting character ultimately uh, too. Like e- even at this early stage. Yeah. And then although apparently she said she liked the apparently it was the scene at the beginning of this episode with her and Worf where like there was like a martial arts tournament on the ship and like Worf had bet on her because he thought she was going to win. And she was like, well, if there were more scenes like that, then maybe I would have wanted to stay. <laughs> I was just like, it's sad that like, that's how low the bar was that they weren't meeting Yeah, for her. <laughs> but it's just like a very short scene where Worf's like, you're a badass. And she's like, yeah, I know. Thanks. Although also uh, that raises the question, the eternal question, what was he betting? <laughs> that's true. That's true. We haven't, He's betting betting house crests or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they had like replicate like they had food rations or something that you could. You have like I don't know if they rationed that on a ship as big as the Enterprise. Uh, well, maybe he's just got some. I don't remember. Do you know what the Klingon money is called? I can't. I can't think of it. But I don't. um, Maybe he just has some of that because like they talk about this in um, in DS Nine that. Jadzia just has some money because she thinks it's fun to have money and like she likes. To- yeah, well, she gambles with. Yeah, it she too. yeah she yeah. uses it mostly. It seems like for gambling, and then and then every every now and then she'll she'll like buy something that like maybe you couldn't get in stuff or something. But like, but yeah, like uh-huh. it just seems like she mostly has money because she thinks it's cool. Like, uh, man, I love her. She's so awesome. <laughs> But yeah, maybe he just has kind of some extra money. Maybe maybe that's what he, he and Jadzia bonded over is like re- both revealing that they <laughs> just, that they're both like coin yeah, collectors. They both have money even though they don't need it. Um, but Worf is also just as someone who seems he has like frivolous things, you know. But anyway, well, thank you everybody for listening. We were kind of talking about this recently. I think we've been kind of in the dry stretch. Uh, like the the Enar, the episode we watched a couple times ago, that one episode was like pretty good, but not like incredible, you know. So. Here's hoping we can find something. We don't really have like anything coming up yeah. that's like a real where I'm like looking at it and I'm like, 
oh, I know that episode by name, you know, so I don't really know. What's... There, there, There is one Voyager episode that's coming up that I do, I do know which episode that one is. Is it good? Um, I don't remember is the okay. problem. Like, I remember the plot. I don't remember if it was good or not. It's been so okay. long. Well, well, we're not watching an episode of Voyager next time. We are watching, uh, so we, we're coming back in two weeks, and we are watching uh, season two, episode 21 of TNG, which is called Peak Performance. Um, so you can come back and check us out then. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can uh, email us at autocontracts at uh, gmail.com. You can visit our website at autocontracts.podbean.com. Or you can follow us on YouTube at autocontracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. And there's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. Uh, so check any of those folks out, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, everybody.